DBM delivers experiences that go beyond the ordinary and suspend reality. From powerful loudspeakers to state-of-the-art projection systems, and from high-quality processors to exceptional acoustic treatment solutions and screens, DBM partners with pioneering brands, including Barco Residential, Complete Acoustic Treatment Systems, Display Technologies, Trinov, Waterfall Audio and Meridian Audio. We give you the very best high-performance products for your home cinema projects. Like you, we're committed to achieving excellence. Visit distributedbym.com to find out more. Hello everybody and welcome to The Integrated Home, the podcast that's produced by the home integration community for the home integration community. My name is Jeff Hayward, and in this episode, we take a deeper look at how integrators are showcasing the smart home experience to potential clients. We're delighted to spend time with Tony Edwards from Juiced and Alan Matthews from Automated Spaces as we learn about two very different approaches to the challenge of how integrators sell what our industry provides. Join me now at the Juiced Experience Centre in Rugby and then afterwards at the Automated Spaces Show Home in Melton Mowbray to find out more. Welcome to the Integrated Home. AWE are proud distributors of Sony televisions and home cinema projectors, bringing you the best content from lens to living room. For more information, visit awe-europe.com. Who are you and describe your business? Uh, my name is Tony Edwards. I'm from a company called Juiced Custom Sound and Vision, uh, based in the Midlands. Uh, we've been around now for uh, nearly 13 years, um, working our way up. And the showroom here is in Rugby, yes. but the office is in Wolverhampton. So do you want to talk about the split between Wolverhampton and Rugby? Uh, it's a very clean split, really. Um, the work is done in Wolverhampton, so the workshops are there, the offices are there, um, all of our equipment is stored there, all of our vehicles are stored there. The facility in Rugby is purely a, a show facility um, where we can attract clients from all over the country. They come to the area uh, and, and see what we've got to offer. And it works well because the the showroom in the, in, the, in Rugby is, is centrally located. Uh, the motorways all run to it. There's great rail connections. It's perfect for us, really. And it's by appointment only? Currently, yes, that is the case. Um, we, we are looking to put things in place so as people can just arrive in future, but as it stands at the moment, it is just appointment only. And can you describe the location? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty central to, to Rugby, uh, five or ten minutes from the train station, um, 15 minutes from the motorway. Uh, it is on a, a commercial estate, uh, so you approach uh, on uh, fairly normal roads um, and then on a fairly normal industrial estate. And then um, you're sort of greeted by a, a large two-storey glass building um, that once you're inside, it's supposed to sort of transport you to a sort of immersive residential experience where you're faced with the, the frontage of a property that when you enter, you're then in a, a high-end apartment. I've got to say that struck me instantly on walking in that I felt I was in a completely different world because outside 
it's it's typical British industrial estate, isn't it? Was was that a deliberate decision to make it like that? Um, it wasn't really. Um, I mean, it's, it's definitely been mentioned one or two times, but um, yeah, it was uh, more look of the draw that one uh, for us. Uh, it just so happened that um, this was the the area and the building in which the the opportunity was located in. And you've got a partnership with the company on the next door, um, the next door unit, haven't you? Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite a large nationwide company um, called Nationwide Windows, and the two directors uh, from Nationwide Windows, the managing director and the operations director, are previous customers of ours um, back from 2015 and 16. And they liked what we did in their homes and wanted to get involved with the business. So they offered us this position, um, this location, and some help towards funding. And uh, that's what led it, really. In terms of, of what was here before, was it a complete shell that, that you took over? Um, the back area in which our main show space is um, contained used to be a door showroom. So out the front, which is now the external facade, was the window showroom and out the back here was the door showroom. Um, and there wasn't much in it apart from some central displays with doors and then doors around the outside of the room. So we could see the space that was available to us fairly easily. Um, and it was a blank canvas. Uh, the only limitations we'd got were height and um, there were four steel pillars uh, around the, the room which we had to incorporate into the design without it looking as though it had been crowbarred in. And what's the, the square footage and the height? Do you want to just give us some broad dimensions of what you've got here? Um, the square footage is 14 metres by 18 metres, uh, and then we've got three metres in height. So when I say restriction, um, it's a, a pretty wide restriction. We didn't find much that was outside of the scope of what we wanted to do. Um, one thing we wanted to do specifically was to have a multi-layered uh, show space where we've got different raised platforms, different heights, different levels, sunken cinema areas, uh, and that that was uh, able to be achieved in the, the space that we got. So as you walk in, let me just describe it how I saw it, you've got a, a games room for the kids, which I think is a really nice touch, we'll talk about that in a minute. We, you've got a, a media room, we're sitting in the cinema room, which is a, a beautiful four-seater cinema space. And then you've got a, a meeting area outside and you've got a, the, the racks, where you, which I presume is really useful to be able to show people exactly the technology that they need to find space for, back of house somewhere in their property. Um, and a general kind of, it felt like a general sort of social space. Would that be about right? Yeah. I mean, we, we enter into um, a sort of kitchen, diner, living space, which automatically puts people at ease because they, they feel that they can imagine themselves in their new home in that environment. So straight away they sit down, they get a drink, we have a chat about their needs, their requirements, and then we take them further in to the media spaces, the cinema room, the dining space. And if they have got children with them, we do have a specialist designated gaming area that they can send their children into. It's got two screens, four consoles, um, custom graphics on the wall, Starscape ceiling, and there's, there's all sorts in there. Fantastic, okay. And just talk to us then about the, the design process, um, starting with a blank sheet of paper, how did it all evolve? Um, the outset originally, 
uh, was myself and my business partner Richard. We came in with a laser measure and we measured the space. Uh, we then put that onto CAD and started to have a bit of a play around with where we could situate different spaces, different rooms. Uh, came up with the general layout that we were happy with, incorporating all rooms that we wanted to, but also making it flow and not hit any of the posts and pillars that, um, that might have been in the way. Uh, and then we moved that on to um, a guy called Simon Grattage at Cinemas, who did us a 3D clay render of the space. Um, once we got that signed off by all parties that were involved, we then went on to flesh it out with um, interior design, graphic details, uh, finishes, floor finishes, uh, cabinetry, furnishings, um, trinkets, pictures, books. Accessories. Um, yeah. Accessories, yeah. Um, and then once we got that down on paper, that we then went back to everybody. We all had a big meeting and, and there was a few changes made, a little few tweaks here and there. And at that point then we got a full 3D render walk around that we could then pass on to a builder um, for, for pricing. Um, uh, the builder that we used is a guy that we, we work with day-to-day uh, -day, uh, called Lux Build, and he was more than happy to price off the 3D renders um, as they were so detailed. He, was, uh, he said it was better than drawings for him because there was nothing left to the imagination. You could zoom in, you could see exactly how two floors were supposed to come together, what materials were used. Um, all the little details were, were there for the eye to see. Do you have a budget figure in mind before you start? Or does that evolve as you as you sort of go through that design process? Once we got the 3D render completed, um, we took that to our investors. And uh, the first question that they asked after saying how great it was, was how much is it going to cost? Um, luckily, uh, we'd already priced all that out. Um, and we did have a full written budget for the whole place, uh, down to painting, decorating, curtains, fixtures, second fixed woodwork. Uh, floorings, absolutely everything was, was all bottomed out before we started. Um, so we could then present them with, it is going to cost this. And yeah, it's, it's good to have because it gives you a Bible to work to. Our section within here uh, was £150,000. Right. Um, that was everything. Um, books, pictures, um, seating, carpet, paint, and all the technology. And then do you have the conversations with brands before you start on the project to help in that budgeting process to, to know what they're going to offer you as demonstration products? Absolutely, yeah. We had all of our brands bottomed out before we, before we started any, any work at all. We knew who we were going to use for the cinema room, for the speakers, for the projector, for the televisions, for the bracketry. Absolutely everything was bottomed out at the beginning. Um, so as we knew what we were going to pay and we had it all written down in email chains of this is the product we're going to use or a similar future product and this is the discount that we're going to achieve. Now I'd imagine any brand would love to have their product on show in here so does it get tough to decide between competing brands as to which product you're going to use? Um, yeah I mean you, you, we may be surprised that some people um, having only seen a 3D render um, weren't as interested as you would perhaps imagine. Um, some could see the potential and you know we did have multiple options for most things um, but some 
Uh, they, I mean, you obviously hear it every single day. I'm opening a showroom. Can I have some discount? Mm. And but the ones that we could get our foot in the door with and have a proper conversation with and show that the work that had gone in and show the 3D render in its full were then on board. And then we had got a decision to make between uh, between brands. Yes. And that 3D rendering process, I mean, that really helped with with accelerating the whole design and build process, I presume. It was priceless. I mean, Simon did an excellent job. Um, what he did for us, it really made the it made the project into a reality before it was a reality. Um, so as we could show people what was in our heads and we could show people um, what we were thinking. Otherwise, you're just standing around waving your hands in the air trying to describe fixtures, fittings and wood. Yeah, not straightforward, is it? No. <laughs> OK, and when did work actually start? It was April 2019, strip out, um, which was one week. Um, so we had waste removal on site. We had guys here to, to take out the, the existing displays and get everything back to the fabric of the building ready for the builders to start the following week. Builders started mid-April. They were here till mid-July uh, doing their section. Um, and then we took hold then with the installation of technologies, um, cinema room, and that went into uh, September, October 2019. Um, at that point, we started on the external, which we were calling phase two. And midway through phase two um, was when we went into lockdown. After lockdown, we gradually returned to work on the showroom as and when we could, and um, uh, took it back up, um, finishing out with the fixtures and fittings, um, curtains, drapery, uh, finished off on the paintwork. And we got to probably September 2020 when phase two and phase one were completed enough that we could open the doors to single groups, um, properly uh, managed um, with face masks and and hand sanitizers, and we, we could begin to start showing people around. It wasn't ideal, but people did start to come. Um, and then lockdown again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, as of sort of, with the release of lockdown 2021, and we are starting to see now um, quite a, a strong flow of people through the door as people are becoming more confident that they can come to public places and, sure. and, and see these show spaces. Now, aside from the lockdowns, what would you say were the biggest challenges of the actual project itself? Uh, the biggest challenge for me was managing this gargantuan project um, as well as running the business. Well, of course, I was going to ask about that. How on earth do you resource something like this when you've got real jobs to do? We just do both. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just happens. You just do it and you just do what you've got to do when you can. And you keep everybody happy and all the plates spinning. It was a great relief when it was finished. Um, if anyone told you at the beginning what it was going to be like, you probably wouldn't do it, um, which you hear a lot in, in residential construction when people are building their own properties. If, if someone told you what it was going to be like, you wouldn't do it. And that's very similar with this. You're building a house, essentially. And it's a very personal house. Um, though my attention to detail is, is probably verging on crazy, which means that I get sucked into very small details. Um, 
and, and luckily the people that we work with on the project were, were similar. Um, Lee, our builder, he's very much like me in the way that he, he fixates on the small things. Um, but what that does is lots of fixated upon small things make the big things good. And what's pleased you the most? Um, I think seeing people's reactions, really, uh, when they come in, because I've seen it grow from um, a timber frame, a dusty room, up to this, slowly over the period of 18 months. I, I don't tend to see the overall picture, whereas when people walk in and they see it for the first time, their reaction it validates what we've done. Now, talk to me about this cinema room, which is the, the centrepiece of what you have here. So, yeah, describe describe the space and what you've got in here. Um, the cinema room is it's a, it's a big sort of jewel in the crown here, really. Um, myself and my business partner, Richard, spent a lot of time um, making sure that the products that we'd selected were correct and the acoustic treatments were correct, the room dimensions are correct. Um, and just made sure that it's the absolute best that we could show. Um, we we realised early on that whatever we showed here was going to be the maximum that we would sell. It would scale up to larger rooms, but the product level that we showed here would be our glass ceiling. So we had to really push ourselves to make sure that what we put in here was um, the maximum we could get. Um, and it, it really is, and it's paid off. The, the speakers, the screen, the projector, We've got a Sony 790 in here now, which is a laser projector, and that, that really does impress. If we bring people in here and we show them that, the first thing they comment on is that the, the level of the image is, is just what they're looking to see. And in terms of the, the size of this room, how big is it? It's three and a half metres by seven metres. And you've got four seats in here? Four seats from Fortress, yeah. Okay. Um, wh what did you decide to do in terms of the, uh, the acoustics for the room? Uh, the acoustic treatments uh, calculated out to make sure we could hit the, the best levels we could. We've got absorption where required, we've got diffusion where required. What's the experience you typically get from clients when they do come in here for a demo? They're blown away. They love it. They say they've never heard anything like it. It's better than the cinema. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. And then you've, uh, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the media room as well that you've got for the people who don't want the full all singing or dancing cinema? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the media room is there specifically for a reason, so as people can um, step into a room that they can imagine within perhaps a smaller property and, and know that you've, you've not got to have a dedicated room to have that reference effect. Um, it's uh, a lovely little space. It's got bookcases, shelving. It's very, very residential, and it's, it's set up to a level to impress. Even though it's at our entry level, people are still very, very pleased with it. You demonstrate alternative control systems here? We do, yeah. We offer a choice. Um, we've got three choices here. If they've got specific requirements, we can direct them to the brand that was going to suit their requirements best. Or if they don't have any specific needs, we can lay out the different prices. We can explain the benefits and pitfalls of each system and let them make their own choice. How would you measure the return on, on what you've done here? The goal for this really, um, even though one will probably lead on to the other, was, wasn't to necessarily gain more work. 
it was to increase the value of the work that we're doing. So a, a prime example of that is instead of fitting a speaker that costs £90, we show somebody a better speaker so they can make the decision that the £90 one isn't quite as good as the £250 one. It's always very difficult to show somebody, to explain to somebody how much better a speaker is. You say, well, this one's £90, this one's £250. Their response to that might be, well, what's the difference? You say, well, it sounds better. And unless you can show them it, they're going to go with the £90 one. With this, we can sell them the £250 one, and it takes exactly the same amount of time to fit a £90 speaker as a £250 speaker. And then it's that with everything. We can show them better televisions, better projectors, better seating, better control systems. So you're improving the uh, the profitability on ev every project, effectively? Every product and every project. Mm. I mean, it, it has happened that we have increased the amount of work that we've got, but the project worth, and obviously the gross profit at the end of it, is higher. And when you say, how are we going to measure whether this has been a success or not, it's going to be gross profit. Fantastic. What advice would you have for integrators thinking about doing their own showroom? Give it some thought. Just give it some real thought before you do anything. Uh, make sure that you've budgeted it all out because this could quite easily have run away with us uh, if we didn't know exactly what we had to spend in certain areas. I mean, there's certain areas that we overspent, but then we could see that and make sure that we underspent in other areas to compensate. If you don't know what you've got to spend before you start, you'll just overspend in every single area. And the planning of actually doing something like this while still keeping the day job going, that you have to put a lot of attention to, I'd imagine. Yeah, you end up working a lot of nights. And if you're not willing to do that, or you don't feel like you can mentally cope with that, I wouldn't do it. And you've put this forward for the Cedar Awards, I believe, is that right? This year, yeah. Yeah, well, best of luck with that. I think it's a fantastic space. And uh, well done, Tony. And Thank the team. you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Alan, can you uh, tell me who you are and describe your business? Sure, uh, Alan Matthews. I'm the Managing Director of Automated Spaces. We are a smart home and home cinema design and build consultancy. And whereabouts are you based? Uh, we're based in Melton Mowbray in Leicestershire, East Midlands. Mm -hmm. And is most of the work you do around this area? Uh, predominantly, yes. Uh, although we do, <laughs> uh, we, we have done a, a job uh, overseas, shall we say, which was a, a nice, um, uh, interesting uh, location on one of the uh, Canary Islands. So, oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So just tell me about your, uh, your way into the industry and how that's led you to demonstrating the, the smart home experience? Sure, sure. So I, I've worked in uh, an IT background since the early 2000s um, in a more of a sort of commercial um, IT infrastructure systems integration background. And uh, it was in 2016, an opportunity came up that allowed me to basically start my own business. And at the time, I was looking around at all the various different uh, fields that I might go into, and the, uh, should we say, the Internet of Things was 
emerging as a conscious trend at the time uh, and it was actually I happened to go on a visit to ISE just as a sort of um, uh, as a bystander rather than a sort of an industry person and to be honest with you I was just blown away with the size of the industry uh, the maturity was it was certainly in terms of a lot more advanced than I'd expected and I just thought well if I'm going to start a business what uh, it should be something that will get me excited for getting up every morning uh, and this this looks like a very interesting market and it's uh, something maybe we should uh, we should look into so and you moved then from London to the East Midlands yes. and this house that uh, we're recording in today yes yes uh, uh, an opportunity arose uh, to basically look at getting a, a property that would allow me to do some significant work to it. Um, it would be nice and central within the UK as well, so a good sort of central jumping off point to be able to move around and for clients to come to. It's pretty well connected in terms of road infrastructures um, and it was a bit cheaper than London as well. True, true. <laughs> yeah, so it meant uh, it meant that uh, it would also, and and let's be honest, it was uh, the the East Midlands market is less saturated than perhaps say the London market with, with uh, um, systems integrators within smart home technology. Why did you think that it was important to be able to demonstrate what you did in a house like this? Yeah, I, I mean, I think from my side, I was relatively new to the industry and for me, actually seeing the technology in in the real flesh you know really counted and I, I sort of then say well why am i different to what a client would want to see they they may not have any understanding of what smart home technology is or the benefits that it can deliver so if you can set that environment up within a real life situation as in within a real home then it just allows you to see that technology so much more easily and it's understandable translatable to maybe their home environments uh, for a lot easier for them to understand but and how did you decide what technologies or, or what systems you were going to put in the house in the first place yeah that's that's i think i think you'll you'll find whoever whoever puts in a showcase technology center that will be a constantly evolving target or moving target with a constantly evolving requirements list um, i think at the start it was really looking at for me what was important to me um, so on that side, it was around security, um, being able to sort of then integrate the, the light system was interesting, uh, from a certain perspective, but certainly then it elevated its interest when I understood how you then could integrate that into the security aspect. So for me, it was a lot of the other things came in from how could they be brought into a, uh, adding to the security of the home. Um, so things in terms of the ability then to, you know, uh, through the use of like control force and occupancy, having the TVs and the radios coming on or audio announcements, those sort of things. Um, and then tying into that whole security aspect. Uh, and yeah, then, you know, it certainly is some of those things are sort of nice and whizzy to see and they excite sometimes the clients um, in terms of the, the AV side of it. Um, but primarily from the security aspect was what led me. And one thing that's impressed me in this house is that you can demonstrate some things that you typically can't demonstrate in an ordinary showroom bathroom settings for example is is really difficult to do unless you're you know lucky enough to have a bathroom as an integrator in a showroom um, but also the voice controlled activation of the kitchen and things like that that are quite sort of quite niche but actually relatable yeah yeah i mean i think from my side um i i don't have a retail space per se um, and 
is that from a conscious reason? Yeah, well, I guess in terms of, you know, I have a slight concern if the, if the uh, high street, you know, the, the pressures that are on the high street, um, the costs seem to be constantly going up and the footfall potentially falling. And for me, it just felt more, more appropriate that also when a client comes to visit the house, I can talk to them from a real aspect of what it's genuinely like to live in a home with smart home technology. What are the benefits that it brings? What doesn't it bring? Um, and that just allows me to really talk from a point of view of you know real world experience, talk to the use cases, talk to the pros and cons, talks about things that are good and the things that are bad. And it's a bit more relatable when it's actually in a real home environment. People can sort of, you know, they can see it, they can feel it, they can touch it, they can talk to it, prod it, see it. Um, and it just seems to make a bit more sense to them. They don't have to take that step of imagination of a fake room being that their room. They can actually understand it. And, and I think as you've seen, we've got a sort of a path that we go through as we talk and a journey that we take people on as we go around the tour from, from one room to another room. And it sort of makes sense on that side. This is an industry where we have lots of technology jargon. Yeah. Demystifying what smart home means for clients is really important, but also demystifying a lot of the jargon that we use in this industry, such as, for example, distributed audio, distributed video, making that mean something to clients, I think is also something that really impresses me here. Yeah, we, I mean, to me, to be honest with you, you know, having only come into the market uh, well, only uh, now, now, yeah, five, six, nearly six years ago. Now, it did feel a bit baffling in terms of you know all the acronyms that people would use and and rely upon. And and for me, I, I I want to take this from a real use case scenario basis when people come to come to the home. It's not talking about the technology. It's not talking about the part codes. We're not talking about the the whizzy bits. What we're doing is we're talking about what it's really like to live in that home. What's the benefits it's going to offer to their home or to their life? Sorry, in terms of that side, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? How we can we how can we make their life easier? And we'll do that by showing them real life examples. And you still have um, other more traditional spaces here. You've got a media room, for example, that clients can get excited by. I'm sure that's a popular space within the home too. So. Um, so it's a full rounded experience you aim to give people, isn't it? Yeah, we, we sort of gone whole hog, shall we say, in, in the capabilities. We've pretty got pretty much most of everything that you can see here in terms of that side that we can demonstrate. Um, yeah, we can do the full Dolby Atmos experience and you know fully immersive um, uh, media room through to you know a uh, from automated blinds through to you know a zoned heating solution, integrated alarm system through to a full hardwired network through to a complete Wi-Fi network throughout smart lighting, um, uh, through to uh, yeah um, multi-room audio throughout the home with a mixture of wire wireless speaker systems and hardwired speaker systems integrated air conditioning, integrated CCTV, motion sensors, window contact sensors. Yeah, you name it, you name it, it's all here. It's all yeah. here. Fantastic. And through, one, through even down to the, the integrated beer pump chiller. I was intrigued by that because <laughs> yeah. that's on the controlful dashboard that you showed me at the start. So how does that work? Yeah, so uh, there's, a, there's a beer pump just over there. And when you're on home, it takes five minutes to cool down and get to temperature to get you a nice cool beer. 
so if you're uh, when you park pull up onto the driveway while you're getting into the house the beer chiller chill pump could be chilling itself ready for that first beer very neat very neat and also i like the um garden shed if i can call it that yeah um which is an outbuilding you've got in the garden which tell me how you use this because that that's quite interesting yeah so we we went down the route of looking at um an extension to get more space as people would do uh we part, put that on hold temporarily just because of the the costs involved and the time frames and what we looked at was um as, as pre-pandemic times luckily we got it built um before now there seems to be a whole big trend towards obviously working from home now is becoming a lot more important for people so having a space in your garden where you can have a nice insulated fully insulated bespoke built garden office that's comfortable to be in so we have fully insulated but we also have you know the aircon integrated into into the the building as well we have it set up as an office a bit of a play space so we have the pool table all that capability but it's also a space where we can do and we actually leverage it to do presentations. So we bring clients part of the tour, they can come and see this this space. So if they're more interested now, certainly in terms of, you know, if they're looking at what, what can they do to work at home and have that detachment. So we find that people, you know, the pressures of working from home now usually is because you're limited with space and you can't have that detachment at the start of the day or the end of the day. And you can't sort of, you know, detach from your family in terms of all the distractions that may be in the home. And then at the end of the day, you can't leave work and go back into the home environment and be with your family without switching off the laptop and having that physical closing the door, whereas the garden office gives you that. Um, but we also have architects that come here. So we do the CPD training, for, uh, the CDA CPD training. Um, in the last 18 months, we've had 14 different architects practices wow. come and visit. Um, and again, you know, they've come from a point of view of coming to be able to see the technology that we're talking about during the CPD so they can interact with it, see it, touch it and engage with it. Another thoughtful innovation in this place is the assisted living features you've got. Do you want to just share those with us? Yeah, so again, it's it's really looking at how can we add value to people's lives and everyone's lives are different. And for me, where it gets really interesting is where we can then use some of the smart home technology not just as a toy, not just as a gadget, but actually real, really delivers value. And that can be for lots of different scenarios. So we have, we have solutions in terms of people if they have visual impairments. Um, we have uh, solutions if they have a hearing impairment as well. So if someone presses the doorbell, we can have the doorbell still will ring, but we could have a pop-up announcement on the TV saying that there's somebody at the door. We also have the, the, the lights in the rooms can flash as well to give a visual cue that there's somebody at the door. Um, yeah, there's lots of different things on that side. And you know, for me, I think it's really something where we really need to be looking at that side of the market in terms of saying, okay, well, you know, who are the people that we're trying to help? And it's not just about gadgets. You know, how can we make it more tangible and meaningful to people's lives? And this house is not your typical high net worth individual's property. It's a modern housing estate done by a developer, very nice, but, but quite middle income. Do you want to talk to us about your audience and, and what they uh, get from visiting. Yeah, I, and I, I think that was uh, possibly a conscious decision in terms of looking at the, the, the house itself. Um, and for me, I think it's a sort of certainly a segment of the market that is not quite untapped, but maybe not as mature as some of the other sides of the market. So that, that sort of developer market, um, the mid-market mid home, 
um, the three bedroom, four bedroom on a, a private estate detached um, on a middle income. Um, it's always a horrible term to use in terms of that side, but yeah, I mean, you know, we're not talking high net worth individual. We're, we're talking in terms of, you know, families who really want to sort of be able to enter into having the benefits of a smart home, but don't have hundreds of thousands of pounds to spend on the technology. So what we want to do is create a space that was more tangible to them, um, more real to their home, um, but also then that we could bring a developer to and show a developer and show them this is the real value that we could add to your your developments. Come and see it in person. And, and yeah, we'll see how that goes from that side. And you built this, or rather you, you built the, the smart home element into this property in 2016. Yes five years ago, how easy is it to upgrade and move with what technology now offers? Uh, yeah, um, again, we with the technology, because we went to an extent in 2016, we did a proper um, uh, retrofit wiring of the home. So where we can, we have the wires that will support that. Um, but also I was careful to make sure that we have the access to those cables again afterwards. So all of the routes we have the ability to get back to and to pull new cables if we need to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a constantly evolving thing in terms of, you know, with the technology is moving on, uh, we've centralized everything into a rack, we have the patch panels, we've done everything accordingly. So yeah, we minimize the the, the sort of uh, the, the physical disruption. It's more just an economic decision from that point then in terms of how long we, uh, we go until we need to upgrade a, a piece of technology. And how supportive have the brands in the industry been to, to what you've done here? Yeah, um, you know, We've got to be thankful to, for some of the key major brands. Um, it's obviously a control for show home. Um, and from that side, they do work with their dealers in terms of if the equipment is for demonstration, they do have preferential pricing for demonstration equipment. And you know that's really fantastic in terms of getting that type of support. Um, not every manufacturer does that type of thing, but that's fine, You know I can understand that. Um, but yeah, so there were a couple of key manufacturers that certainly did assist with that side when they knew what the use was it, uh, the use it was going to be used for, for sure. What's pleased you the most about what you have here? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I, I think in terms of it would be the security side, um, the ability to be able to integrate everything together. Um, it just gives me that peace of mind. Plus also with the amount of technology that I've got here and knowing that it's secure, it uh, yeah, gives me that reassurance, especially when I'm not here. Excellent. Um, what about the biggest challenges that you faced in living and working here? That would be finding yourself at eight o'clock still sat there tweaking with your programming of your house. <laughs> I think it, uh, yeah, that, that, that not being able to detach, but that's purely, I guess, from a self-interest point of view of, you know, you're sort of there tweaking things rather than a, a needs must. Um, so yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge. Um, but again, it's those things that it's a good proving ground for the challenges. And almost to a certain extent, I want some of those things to come up because it's best that we figure them out here so that our clients don't have to suffer those same challenges. So if we can surface up any of the niggles and the problems in a safe demonstration environment that's you know real life and because we're using it 24 seven in terms of that side, it's really used as a proper home, a full-time home then yeah, we get to surface a lot of those problems that perhaps a more traditional show home in a retail environment, just because of the fact that it's just not used as much, they might not surface all of those gremlins. So yeah, we get to find those. 
Very fair. Okay, and how would you assess the success of what you've done? Yeah, I think in terms of, uh, it's, uh, it's a very hard one um, to put numbers against, but we do, we do uh, survey the architects that come for the CPDs, and we do ask them for feedback, and we are so far at 100% agreeing that the use cases here are um, practicable and applicable to their clients, and that they found the tool useful. So that's one measure where we're not doing too bad with 100%. That's pretty, pretty reassuring. We, we also have architects that have been here that have referred us um, clients to come and see us. So again, hopefully that's another good justification on that side. Some, sometimes some architects more than once as well, which is always good. Um, and we pretty much had you know a really good success rate in terms of with clients that have come to the actual show home to, to do the tour. Most of those have actually moved forward to be, to be actual clients. Very good, excellent. So what advice would you have for integrators thinking about a demonstration show house? Uh, I think from my side, it would be use, use the methodology that you would use for your clients for sure. So we, we have a very um, prescribed uh, engagement process that we take clients through from initial concepts, uh, discussions through to uh, creating proposals through to then actually engaging and doing actual thorough design uh, documentation. So yeah, treat, treat the project as if you would treat a client. Do it, do it the same way. Don't approach it any different. Plan, plan, plan. And yeah, and then really just have a think about, you know, what you want to showcase into that home because you don't need to go the whole hog and do everything. You know, you can just go for core, core solutions or do as we would always recommend, you know, put the infrastructure, the cabling infrastructure in place to support phased rollout. Because doing something like this, it's not, it's not cheap. And again, you know, we, we do evangelize to our clients saying that, you know, we can do a phased rollout. If you can always do the same at your show home as well. Do you think there's an option for uh, integrators to work with developers on show home developments even, yeah. something like this? Yeah, I, I really do. And I, it's, it's the one thing that mystifies me in terms of at the moment, in terms of why developers haven't really caught on to this in a competitive market as it is now, I guess, in terms of maybe they're less inclined because a house comes up for, houses aren't really coming up for sale now. They're usually sold straight away before they're even, before they're even on the market. But I, I just think in terms of if you were to wanting to elevate your development and give it that USP, at least then wire for the technology and have the conversations around that side. So, you know, it might be that they might not want to install of it all from day one, but at least give your clients the option, I would say. But yeah, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. And it's certainly something that we're, we're sort of actively petitioning at the moment in terms of different developers. But We'll see. Wish you the best of luck. Thanks so much for the tour. It's been a, been a very interesting and a different experience, I must say, to a typical showroom tour. So thank you very much. You're more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tony and Alan, for your time and your hospitality. It's great to hear about the different approaches that you're both taking to bring the smart home experience to life. Thanks also to the one and only Steve Carter from Cedia for his help in making these visits possible. The Integrated Home is brought to you with the support of AWE, Sony and distributed by Meridian. We are a Wildwood production. The Integrated Home supports Together for Cinema. 
Together for Cinema is an AV industry movement that designs and installs cinema rooms in children's hospices across the UK. In these special places, children, their families, staff and volunteers are now enjoying fantastic movie experiences together. We want to build more rooms in more hospices for more children. To do that, we need your help. Visit togetherforcinema.co.uk and find out how you can be involved to help make short lives that little bit better.